Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Welcome everybody to the MTB Tribe Podcast, episode number six, believe it or not, and thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you guys listening to the show. It's the show that takes you inside the sport of mountain biking, picking the brains of industry leaders, finding out what makes them tick. We'll bring you information on everything from gear to diet to trails and everything in between. So thank you so much for being here. And if you want to find out more about today's show or any of the other shows, just go to mtb-tribe.com and you'll get all the info on there. The show notes are there. You can download the shows from there and uh, you can email, subscribe, get involved. Um, If you subscribe and uh, send me a message, I will get back to you. I read all of the messages sent. Um, So get involved and there may even be a few goodies in it for you you know there's freebies to be had so you know get on to that um so on to today's episode the guest is a racer he's been racing from juniors right the way through to elite and i know the racing scene isn't for everybody but if you're not into racing you will still certainly get a lot from this episode um, because we talk about everyday life around racing we talk about how to recover from accidents, injury. We talk about what it actually takes to fund a racing career nowadays. And it's it's not as easy as you may think. So you will get a lot of information from it. Uh, today's guest is Callum McGee. And Callum is such a nice guy. He works so hard. Um, and it was a pleasure to have him on the podcast. So get onto Stitcher. Go to iTunes. Download. Rate. Please leave a message there or comment on the show. All your comments help. It makes me make the show better and at the end of the day that's that's why i'm here so please get involved i really appreciate it so let's get on to today's show let's enjoy callum mcgee hi callum how you doing welcome to the mtb tribe podcast um i'm very very thankful for you being here this evening with me uh thanks for joining us how are you doing this evening i'm good keeping busy these days and i'm i'm feeling good (laughs) excellent excellent how are you doing Yes, I'm very good. Thank you. Um, haven't been out in the bike for a wee while, but um, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty good in all, in all fairness. And you've been out recently, I hear. I have. I've been slowly but surely getting back to uh, back to the riding, and it's kind of bringing me back to the basics and just letting me enjoy the bike now that all the races are over. And uh, yeah, it's going well so far. Touch wood. Happy days, happy days. I was actually on Saturday there. I was actually up helping resurface some of the trails in one of our local um resorts called dava forest trails and um it was actually quite good it's the first time i've actually done that you know in a kind of organized group environment and um yeah it was actually a lot of fun to be honest that's awesome yeah it's it's good when you get a few more people out there because i mean a lot of shovels hitting the dirt and uh you can get a lot of stuff done in a fair amount of time so it's always it's always good doing that yeah totally it was just nice to give something back you know just uh, these trails you ride all the time just to be able to do something and give something back a bit of your spare time brilliant brilliant definitely i agree with that one yeah cool so can we chat then about yourself and about your racing career um up until now so if you don't mind me asking Cal, what age are you now um i turned 20 years old this year right so you're just you're only a young buck 
that's for sure. <laughs> Halfway to 40. <laughs> so tell us, um, how did you first get started in mountain bike, mountain bike, well, not even mountain bike racing, but mountain bikes in general? What actually, you know, pulled you towards mountain biking as an interest? I got started years ago when I was um, just a kid, probably five or six years old, and I lived on a farm, had no brothers or sisters, no siblings, and um, I always wanted a motorcycle. Parents wouldn't let me have a motorcycle, so the bicycle was the best, the next best <laughs> thing, and it just kind of spurred from there. Yeah, and at that time, were you just riding by yourself? Had you mates interested in mountain biking or anything like that? I was mostly riding by myself, but over the years, we kind of got together and got a few friends interested in it, and we used to build jumps and everything, and just progress and progression and progression over the years, really. Mm-hmm. And where where do you live now, Callum? Where are you at? I'm staying now in Inner Leland, which is a small town in the Scottish borders, and there's plenty of riding around. Wow, okay. And when you were growing up, was that where you were from, or...? Um, it was. I wasn't too far away, maybe thirty minutes or so, in a, in a small town called Stow. Um, but there weren't as many trails there. Yeah, yeah. And um, at that young age, when you got interested in it, um, I know you probably wanted a motocross bike. But were you, when you got into mountain biking, were you reading any magazines, watching the TV shows, and all that kind of thing? I was always trying to keep up with uh, the latest gadgets and gizmos and wondering how I could afford them, and I never could. But, um, yeah, I was had always had a subscription to Dirt Magazine, um, mm-hmm. Mountain Bike in UK, things like that. And you used to always watch any sort of extreme sports, whether it was skateboarding or BMX. Yeah, and was there anybody you looked up to at that stage? There was a few people, but I always remember looking up to Steve Peat, because um, it was just at the time he was the, the most sort of dominant sport in the the mountain biking scene and of course he was from the uk as well so it was just he was the mm. man to beat and he was all i was looked up to and did you have loads of posters and all up in your bedroom and all that kind of thing yeah i had a couple <laughs> him greg Minar, a few others it was always always that a lot of posters and stickers uh-huh. uh, can you remember the first mountain bike you got can you remember what that was my first real mountain bike was it was a it was a scott scots of some sort and um i actually ended up owning that bike for over 10 years and still rode it when i was about 16 wow and was that full suspension or was it uh, rigid or it was um originally it was just a hardtail it had front suspension Mm -hmm. but over the years i made it a single speed and made it into more of a dirt jump bike oh wow good for you yeah it worked for me for years actually it was a good good time on that bike taught me a lot (laughs) brilliant brilliant uh, so, interested just in your early uh, mountain biking racing career, um, so how did you actually start to get into racing? How did you take it from being just something you'd done socially with a couple of mates, a bit of fun? How did you take it from that stage to actually racing? It started where, when I was living in the States, and there was a local race on. So, at the time, me and a friend, we just thought it would be a good laugh to just enter it and see what it was like and see what we could do and it just all spouted from a sort of local event mm-hmm. um, and, and what age were you then Colin? I think I must have been about 13 right and whereabouts in the states was that? that was in a town called Castle Rock in Colorado wow and were your parents obviously working over there how, yeah, did, you, how did you manage landing there? Um, it was basically a 
draw a few things from family and work as well. So, um, yeah, just a couple things that all came together, really. So we, we lived over there for three or four years. So your first race was in Colorado. That's pretty amazing. It was it was good. Um, it takes a while to get used to the altitude there, but at the time it wasn't. I didn't really think of it as a race per se. It was just more having fun and just trying to go as fast as you can. Not a lot of pressure at that age. Yeah, and when you got into that scene, when you got involved in that kind of thing, did you then think to yourself that you were you want this as something you wanted to pursue? You wanted to do this? Yeah, after that weekend, I always felt like it was something I'd like to try more of and so just from then on I just wanted to race more and more and do bigger competitions and things and just keep pushing to see how far I could go yeah and what was the what was the ability level like in, in Colorado at that time you know because you've you've come over from the UK were you riding trails in the UK living at home at that time was there any kind of professional trail networks or anything here before you went to the states I was always riding here, and before I went over to the States, there was uh, Glen Tress, and it's funnily enough, it's where I work today, actually, but um, it's always been around, and it's it gives everybody in the UK a solid foundation, as there's a lot of trail centres around in uh, Scotland and, and Wales, really. Yeah, and, and when you went over to the States then, at 13, did you see any difference in the trails? You know, were they steeper? Was the young kids over there, you know more advanced as far as levels or skills go or anything like that i feel like um at the time where i lived there was there was more of a scene of bmx riding and things but mm. at the time i was one of the only people on a downhill bike and it seemed that i was above a lot of people on skill and ability especially at that age yeah well that's interesting and moving over there do you think that has helped you progress to the the standard of rider you are now actually having that as a foundation in, in Colorado there? I definitely do feel like it played a huge part because the trails over there are so different. They're always dry and dusty and they're, they're rocky, they're loose and I feel like anything that's going to challenge you really um, is going to make you progress. Do or die kind of thing. You have to get better to ride the stuff and obviously riding it makes you get better so it's, it's kind of a, a circle there. When you were over there, were you in any kind of involved in any clubs or teams, or had you a coach or anything like that? I was involved at the end of my stay when I was about, must have been about 14 or 15, I was on a team called Mojo Wheels, and who were based in Denver, and they had coaching days and things like that, and there was always somebody to speak to and ask, ask questions, and uh, yeah, they definitely gave me a good start uh, with the racing as well. Yeah, and, and would you have a, like older fellas there that were on the team to look up to and ask advice and stuff of? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of my uh, good friends who runs an electrician uh, business over there was on the team at the time, and uh, funnily enough, I was working with him uh, a few months ago when I was there over winter. Yeah, always had people to look up to um, from Mojo and always had a, a good coach there. Yeah, it seems you've kept in touch as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome Awesome to think where it all started. I was only 13 or 14 at the time and uh, still keeping in touch, so it is, it is quite good. 
Yeah, brilliant. And when you were out there riding and, and getting involved in the scene and the race scene and everything else, how much time would you have spent on the on the bike there? Was there a certain amount of time expected of you to be on the bike, or was it just a weekend thing, or were you just going out and riding in the evenings yourself and stuff just as much as possible? Well, in, in regards with the team, it was more of a thing of just you need to be enjoying it, you should be um, having fun and things, and if you're progressing, that was the main thing they wanted, but I would o- often ride five or six days a week after wow. school and things and just get out as much as I can. Jiggers, that's a big commitment, huh? Yeah, it was, um, looking back, it sounds like a commitment, but at the time it was just I wanted to ride and I couldn't get enough. Mm. Very good. So you came back here. What age were you when you came back to the UK then, roughly? I moved back to the UK when I was about 15. And when you came back here, did you just jump straight back into the racing scene? Did, or did you leave it a while? Or what way did you go about doing that, about connecting with network of people and stuff? More or less, it was straight back in. I think I had done my first Scottish race and I'd only been back in the country about a month. Mm-hmm. So I met somebody at school, fortunately, and um, yeah, we just really hit it off and we got to a few races together and that just really sparked my interest in racing back here as well. Would you have been racing every weekend then or would it have been very occasionally? The first season I did, it was racing every few weekends, but it basically grew to every weekend uh, in the summer. Okay, yeah, and I suppose that's when all all the races are, are more or less taking taking part in stuff at that time of the year yeah that's it it's always it's pretty much a summertime sport and there's a big off season as well over winter so it's kind of you've got time to recover and sort of get restoked on it if you will (laughs) yeah yeah and i'm interested to know because at that age 15 things are getting quite serious at school how did you balance your whole bike thing school thing you know uh, as far as homework goes for school and, and all them all them kind of commitments i i tried to balance i never really could 100 percent as i always just wanted to ride and be outside and um i could see some local trails from my maths classroom so needless to say I just <laughs> oh, spent that no. but um yeah so you were sitting looking out the window seeing trails <laughs> that was it and um oh. i did want to be a student and subjects that uh did interest me the physical ones like PE and woodworking I was good at but things that I didn't really have an interest in and didn't think I was going to use I just couldn't really couldn't really study them and even though I kind of wanted to so it was a bit of a weird one really I just uh yeah. balance it essentially yeah and it doesn't help that you were looking at trails out your window I can just imagine what that would be like <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty crazy but um yeah that was the truth and it was it was hard <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't make you go into a different classroom or something oh I know well the thing was not many people knew what was in the woods over there but <laughs> just spent the days daydreaming wonder if I could do that and do this and oh I could build a new turn there and all sorts of uh-huh. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, so when you got more involved here then, were you part of a team here or were you riding with friends still? When did the whole team thing here kind of happen for you? The whole the kind of team thing that happened here, it all started in about 20... Where are we? About 2015. 
was when I first got into it, but we always had a, a group of us together and we would go to the races together and it was almost like a little team at the time as well mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. that. And as far as funding goes, how did you, because I'm sure there's no real money at it at that stage, how did you fund your weekends away racing? Did your parents give you any help? Were you getting sponsors or anything like that at this stage? Yeah, so at the at the beginning there, it was um, it was always my parents helping me out. They could they paid for the travel, the race entry, and everything, and it was pretty much on the understanding I had to keep my bike in tip top condition for it. So I I was always snow shoveling or grass mowing or just mm-hmm. doing whatever I could. I remember some days leading up to a race to afford a new set of grips or tires. I just would save my lunch money, just not eat lunch for the week. And that would give oh, me, wow. but um, yeah, it was pretty much that at the beginning. It was it was all, it was all um, parent funded. And I was lucky enough to have that. Yeah, and you're not talking that long ago, really. You know, are you talking three, five years ago, something like yeah. that? Right, spot on. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, so you're not you're not talking a long time ago. You know, because sometimes when I'm I'm talking about things like this, you know, I'm talking to people that were back in the day, if you like. <laughs> you know when yeah, there wasn't as much money and stuff but you're only talking three five years ago um so things are still like that and so how do you keep yourself motivated i'm sure it must be quite difficult but how do you keep yourself motivated and keep yourself going when things are as hard as that i feel like um it's, it's the writing that just keeps me vo- motivated because when i'm out there i'm enjoying it i'm having a lot of fun and when i'm off the bike it's what what i'm thinking about the whole time so it's basically just that you just need to find something that you really enjoy and really love and the motivation will just be a part of it did you uh did you have any kind of training schedule or anything did you give yourself a training schedule were you coached in a certain way with a training schedule at the younger years no not really i was just um trying to eat somewhat healthy and not eat chocolate all the time and that was pretty much as far as it went (laughs) Mm -hmm. and how about now how has that changed now over the years it's um 2015 and 2016 were the big years for me um just in terms of training as i was keeping to a tight schedule gym three days a week riding two days a week and uh it's definitely enough to keep you keep you fit and strong and obviously just uh keep it a, a fair diet helps as well and and do you try and or are you giving advice on how much bike time you should be spending the time on the gym or working on your core or stuff like that do you do you think on it along them terms um in a sense it depends what level you're at really but i honestly feel like the biggest thing the biggest the most important part is just enjoying it because if you're doing all these things to get the marginal gains and you're not even enjoying what you're doing you're not going to be going into these races with a clear head and you're not going to want to do well from the heart so i mean i think that's a major thing you need to be enjoying it and um that's it if you're riding too much you're not gonna and of course if you're if you're not riding enough you're not gonna uh, be enjoying it either certainly so who are you riding with now who's your who's your riding partners now so for my short season this year i've had a, a couple sponsors helping me out decade europe and they're helping me out with a few things clothes from royal um, brands like 100% doing the helmets, the eyewear, and uh, a couple of different things. 510 do the shoes, 
shovel mm. chain guides do the chain guides and a couple little bits and bobs in there mud hugger make make the mud guards for me and um one of my favorite little uh tools for the weekend really yeah brilliant well that's good we'll talk about that a wee bit later um get more into that uh with you but taking you back a few years did you feel at that time when you were spending so many weekends away did you feel any time you were sacrificing hanging out with friends or doing the normal lads thing and you, you still are only 20 so do you still feel you're sacrificing them kind of things that i don't really want to say normal guys but you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> your other mates are maybe doing do you feel you're sacrificing a wee bit of that yeah at the time i definitely did because a lot of the times people would be having my friends would be having parties on friday saturday nights and obviously if there's a race on i'd totally miss that thing yeah in school on the monday just ridiculously tired and seeing all these photos and kind of wondering like oh that did look like a lot of fun but um yeah at the end of it i mean you don't really get you can't really get a whole lot from a party and i felt like it was better just to be doing something active instead mm. yeah so you did you didn't you were so much motivated from the mountain bike and you didn't it was it was maybe you just didn't really think it was that bad to sacrifice a night out with a lad you were willing to do that so you could race a bit better the next day kind of thing definitely um so i mean at the time there's also also your friends that are at the races so it's not like you're missing out entirely um mm. it's just yeah obviously you can't be in two places at once but um at the time i feel like the racing was something i could be working towards and progressing towards so i didn't think it was really a compromise yeah no well that's good that's that's a good way to look at it for sure so getting on to a wee bit of your racing and your results and stuff can you tell us a wee bit about um where you were competing and what kind of results you achieved yeah so i mean at the very beginning i was the first few races i think it was 20th place or so and then over the first season i think the last race i did that year i was maybe about fourth or fifth so just progressing from that, went came through youth, came through junior, and uh, I think my best result in junior, I think I'd won a race that year. Wow. And um, last year I managed to win a race out of junior, which was an expert, and so on and so on, through the British series as well. Um, had some good podiums last year, and um, up in elite this year, haven't had much luck yet, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe next year, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. And that's all in downhill, Callum, isn't it? Yeah. That's all in downhill, yes. Okay. And what drew you drew you towards downhill rather than let's say enduro or cross country? Cross country seemed like it wasn't technical enough to keep me sort of interested in it. And at the time enduro wasn't really as big as it was now. So mm-hmm. it kind of was just uh, the two options of cross country or downhill and I always thought the downhill was cool because there's jumps and there's mud, there's high speed and everyone's wearing sort of the big the motocross gear if you will and it just looked so much cooler to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you got as close to a motocross bike as you could really eh? yeah exactly that <laughs> brilliant um, and how competitive do you see the scene is it really competitive is there any really standout young fellas you see coming up through the through the grades that are really standing out yeah i feel like it is ridiculously competitive because you could be a few seconds back and then be midway through the results sheet. So it is um, it is pretty crazy. And um, mm. like you say, there are some youngsters just now that are putting in 
ridiculous times at races, and uh, I think that's always been here, but in the most recent years, teams are seem to be picking out the younger ones and uh, trying to get them through, and uh, mm-hmm. it's getting pretty crazy, but it's, it's good to see. And I know you have kind of been out this year, and we'll talk about that a wee bit later, but were you still going to races this year even if you weren't competing? I went to a few this year um, when I was injured and I couldn't race just to see everybody there, get the vibes and take a couple of photos as well. So it's just trying to um, figure out what's going on, who's riding like what, and it just gives you something to think about when you're not mm-hmm. actually competing. Yeah, and, and were you seeing anybody standing out this year? Was there a few guys that you thought were maybe top of the notch? Yeah, there's a there's always there's a few people you're looking at, but um, it's really interesting to watch them actually compete because it gives you a chance to pick out what they're doing and how they're doing it really. Yeah, and and when you were racing um at your top level there last year, say, was there anybody that was always on your tail, or was there anybody you were always trying to keep up with, or was there you know guys that you were always kind of trying to compete against? Yeah, there was there always always was, but the thing was like the top ten um, in the national series, anybody could be on the podium at the end of that weekend. So it was always you'd get beat by somebody one weekend and you'd get beat by another person the next weekend. So if you looked at what someone else was doing, it may not be the right thing to do. So it was quite interesting from that point of view of uh, just who was doing the right things because nobody really knew for sure. Mm. The race very uh, tight and interesting. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty cool that there's ten guys up round the top and and any one of them can be standing at number one on the podium. That's that's pretty intense, really. Yeah, it's really interesting. It gives you gives you a great sort of um, vibe coming into the race weekend, wondering on Friday night if you're going to be standing on the podium on the Sunday night or not. And um, yeah, it always kept it interesting. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, so, what kind of support were you getting say last year then were you were you getting a lot of support from sponsors did you have access to a coach you know what kind of level was that all at um i was had a few sponsorship deals and things but i was still mainly paying for uh, the vast majority myself so buying my bike and uh, helping out with travel my parents were helping out with the travel and everything too so which mm-hmm. was good, but um, yeah, the majority of it was just through, through family and myself. Wow, it's quite a, it's, well, it's it's a big undertaking, so it's definitely a passion. That's yeah, for sure. It definitely is, but I couldn't really imagine anything else I could be spending my money on, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, so, take us through a typical day, a race day for yourself. What does that consist of? How do you start your morning? And, and just work us through the day just briefly how that how that all works and pans out so uh, usually I will, I'll wake up get dressed I'll have I'll put all my kit on before breakfast and I'll sit down and try to eat breakfast but I usually usually can't and we'll just is that a nervous thing yeah it seems to be a bit of a, a nerves thing but we'll go to the track and as soon as I do one run just for practice I'll be hungry and I'll eat all my breakfast and then that just sets me up for the day, and I'll, I'll try to fit in about two runs. And then from then on, you've got like three or, three or four hours till your uh, qualifying run or your race run. And just mm-hmm. from then on, it's just thinking, and I'll have a little nap in there as well. 
And would you be at that stage, would you be mentally going over the course in your mind? Would you be doing stretching or would you, you know, would you be doing anything like that, keeping your body warm or would you just be chilling out and relaxing? So for a couple hours before, I'll just be relaxing. But I'd say about an hour before my race run, I'll do some stretches. I'll have a good warm up and also just be visualizing the track and picturing what sections are going to be a little different and trying to figure out what are the best lines to be taken and uh, mm-hmm. how, I want to, how I want to attack the course. Do you listen to any music to pump yourself up or anything like that? I used to, but um, <laughs> recently I'll like I'll just uh, listen and just watch to everything around me. I feel like music can kind of get your head out of the zone, but for me it can kind of distract me as well. So I like to just keep everything natural, if you will, so I can hear and I can just listen to uh, what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and your parents are always supportive of the, at this time, I would say. And would you have, would you be there with teammates, or would you be there with your parents or friends, or what way does that normally it's work? A bit of a mix, but um, there's always somebody there you can talk to about things, and uh, there's always someone there you can speak to about the bike as well. So whether it is my parents or um friends or teammates, it's always just good. You can have a chat and you can just kind of chill out. Feel like that's when you do your best runs is when you're uh, kind of relaxed yeah and when the day's proceedings are over and you've obviously stepped off number one there <laughs> off the podium <laughs> what do you do in the evenings how do you chill out after after that i usually fall asleep in the car <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you're not driving <laughs> nearly every time if i'm not driving i'll fall asleep and um wow. yeah just we'll get back after the race weekend and all my dirty kettle bean bags and I'll basically just leave it to fester for a few days until I can muster up the strength to deal with it mm-hmm. but that's yeah. it. just uh, go home and conk out <laughs> happy days and what do you what do you think are the ups and the downs that you have to deal with racing you know and, and doing these weekends away I feel like it's good because it makes you learn how to deal with a problem and it it's kind of character building because obviously you can have the best time at a weekend and you can have the worst time so it's always good to have that variety and um keeps you something keeps you interested and looking forward to something yeah uh, and do you have any really high points when you think of your racing at this to this stage do you have you anything that stands out of you anything that's you know stands out as a pinnacle to your racing career or anything like that not not necessarily even a result, but anything that's just happened that you'd think, yeah, well, wow, this is why I do this kind of thing, you know? Well, yeah, that that was it. I mean, the biggest sort of memory, the the thing that I'll take take from this was when I was racing my second ever World Cup in Austria, and it was a very cold morning, and I got got dressed up, got everything sorted, and I headed up the hill for my qualifying run, and the gondola just took me straight up through the clouds and all the mm. fog and I was on top of this kind of bed of fog in the valley and just in the distance you've got these jagged peaks sticking up and we're just in this big grassy meadow with yellow flowers and it was like something out of some kind of fantasy movie and it'll just be a, a picture I've never forgot and I remember just thinking this is this is why I do this this is the best thing ever and it was one of the most beautiful views I've ever seen well there you are and if you didn't do the biking thing that might never have happened you might never have got to see that yeah i mean there's there's no way I, I, I would have seen that without the riding so i'm definitely thankful thankful for that yeah brilliant and how happy 
have you been up until this stage with your racing career? Are you you happy with the way it's gone when you initially thought to to get into it, this is the way it would pan out? I do wonder. I feel like I've got a bit more to give, but looking back on weekends, there's always a little something that you think you could have done, but you just have to remember that at the time, that was the best you could do, and that is what you tried, the decision you made is what you went with, and that's that. So obviously you're going to have the highs and lows, but I feel like out of everything definitely i would do it all over again it's been it's been really good and it's taught me so much over the years yeah brilliant and as far as your career is going do you set goals um you know what you want to achieve at what stage or even at what age do you want to have achieved something by by a certain age i did when i was younger i was always setting little goals like that but now the goals tend to be more personal based like i want to be able to deadlift x y and z by this sort of date and i want to be able to do this gap on my bike for this date and things like that and it's more the little goals rather than i want to win this race and i feel Mm -hmm. it's taking the little steps make the big results yeah i think that's a good way of looking at it actually you know get get a win under your belt kind of every day almost yeah exactly that and it like said it keeps you motivated doing that when you're just achieving all the little goals yeah for sure now when i was researching a wee bit on you about you online and stuff the two's company video always popped up whether it been on a video channel or through a blog or something from a magazine but watching that that was a very nice video and uh, you and who was that who was on that with you uh, my buddy ryan milton right well the two of you are ripping in that is an awesome awesome show um thank you you're no no you deserve it and so how did that come about how did that video actually come about then it honestly came about just with um glenn who filmed it glenn and i we were talking about just making a good video and just wanting to just sort of showcase some good trails and some good riding and it just so happened that we were speaking with ryan at the same time so we thought yeah let's try and let's try and film both of us and get some good footage so it just kind of took us on a little road trip around Scotland. It was about three days to film, and um, yeah, we got it knocked out. Good, good three days work for about two and a half minutes. <laughs> wow, that's hardcore, eh? That was a lot of fun, though. I mean, it was absolutely great, just riding and repeating, trying to just get the best possible um, shots we could. Just yeah, and really perfect about them as well. Yeah, and your friend that shot the movie is. Is that what he's involved in, or is that just a part-time thing for him? Glenn does a lot of um, videos and uh, videography. He also videos the Scottish um, Enduro series and things like that as well. And he's always just um, been shooting stuff for years and years now. So, um, yeah, it's good. Wow, yeah, no, I was really impressed. That, that's brilliant. Well done there. Thanks. Um, so let's talk maybe a wee bit about your season this year and some of the problems you've had with it but how did your season go at the start of the year the very beginning of the year it was kind of started for me obviously in january and ended up putting myself in a hospital with a with a good concussion and it took me about 12 weeks just to feel normal again after that and obviously by that time the race season had already started 
And how did that happen, Callum? Where were you and what were you doing when you got concussed? I was on holiday. I was visiting some family and things in Colorado and thought it would be a good idea to go race some uh, bikes on a snow, snowy ski slope. <sighs> Just to say, mm-hmm. a bad idea. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was good. It was it was good fun till that happened. I'd never been so cold in my life, but other than that, I think I'd I'd go back for it now. I know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And did you ever do any snow racing before, or anything like that? I haven't. Don't, no. don't rub it in. <laughs> no. And did you borrow a bike and all that kind of stuff? I was uh, lucky enough to have my own bike out there at the time, so right. everything was going well. I was just treating it like a regular race, and I honestly feel like it was just a really unlucky crash, and um, just just a bad time, and a few bad things aligned, and that was that. So take us through that stage then when you're concussed. Tell us how difficult that was for you and kind of how that made made you feel, especially getting closer to the race season starting here in April. How, you know, did you feel that you weren't going to be able to compete or how was your mindset at that stage? My mindset was, um, it was quite good, but um, the other part of it was I just wasn't myself. And for the first few weeks, it was the first injury that really kind of scared me because I was just all over the place, sore heads, losing my balance, and um, just loads of little weird things like that. It just wasn't me. And um, mm. But after we got there, I was starting to regain regain all, all my feelings and things, and I was kind of ready for the racing, although I wasn't physically at that time. Um, so I was ready to race. I was wanting to race, but it just wasn't the right time i just physically wasn't ready and so i I missed out a couple races at the beginning of the season as well Mm -hmm. and did you have another injury then after that yeah so a couple races down the line i did a scottish um a scottish downhill race that was a lot of fun it was my first race sort of back on the bike and i was feeling pretty good for it a little sketchy but it was a whole lot of fun and um a few month or so after that i um was down in bala for a british race and another just had a really unlucky crash where clipped clipped my finger on a tree and um, broke my metacarpal and had to get surgeries on that Mm. so just two major shocks this year really both ridiculous little crashes that just seemed to cost me big time yeah and your hand injury then has put you out for the season is that right my hand, yeah, pretty much. So I've I've raced a, raced a total of four races this year, and usually I do about fourteen, I believe. So um, yeah, it's been a bit of a bit of a bad year. <laughs> yeah, and and you mentally through that, how do you keep yourself motivated again? You know, do you just say, well, it's mountain biking, it's a contact sport at the end of the day, you know, it's going to happen at some stage, just keep going. How how do you get over something like that? Well, for the second injury there, I'd kind of lost motivation for a bit of it, in all honesty. I just felt like I couldn't really catch a break and I couldn't show people what I was uh, made of for this year. And so I picked up a camera and just kind of went a totally di- different track um, just for something to keep me busy and motivated. Mm. So, so has that second injury, has it made you question your racing career a wee bit and whether you want to continue? It has, but at the same time, all the injuries that I've had have questioned, have made me question it. So, I mean, just now, it's been months down the road, but um, 
had my first ride a few about a week ago and I'm just ready to get back at it and I can't wait for it so um it just takes time I think I think I yeah. always have the bug but it, it may just take a little longer to come back each time <laughs> yeah certainly I, I think somebody as young as you and as good as you um you may get knocked down every now and then but I think like we were kind of talking about a wee bit earlier about the Red Bull hardline stuff on you watching that and thinking you'd love to do that just blows my mind because I couldn't be further away from the size of that <laughs> stuff uh, but you know you were saying that that's kind of getting you motivated again and I can understand that watching watching stuff like that you know um, for me to get motivated if I'm watching visual stuff like that it really helps so do you think you know looking at stuff like that and knowing some of the guys there that are competing and you competed against some of them fellows have you in the past yeah exactly that we're now that i'm elite it's um we're all sort of in the same category um obviously there there's a there is a skill gap there um definitely but at the end of the day that's who i'm racing against on the results sheet and that's who i want to beat so um yeah just coming at them gonna try to anyway (laughs) yeah good lad well I, i think as i say looking at that hard line course and thinking to yourself you wish you were there competing to me says i think i think the motivation's there for you to be honest yeah it is coming back and i'm ready to go and start riding some more again so i think the next few months i'm just going to concentrate on getting my fitness back and just getting time on the bike really and i'm just mm-hmm. enjoying it really for the training gets uh, more difficult over winter yeah and <clears throat> looking back where you're at now do you have any regrets from your racing career or anything you'd have done differently maybe something if if you had to give your 14 or 15 year old self advice now what would you say i would have said to there's a lot of little things you know but i would i would have said just ride more really okay myself to ride more because i've lost races just with such small margins and i feel like Oh, if I was out the day before that, I could have could have won or whatever. But there's just no way of knowing, really. And mm-hmm. At the end of the day, at the time, I'd made my best decision I could, and that was that, really. So. Yeah, no, that's a good way to look at it. So tell us, you must have had some funny, funny things happen to you. I can just imagine young fellas traveling in a van together. Can, can you tell us uh, any fun times you've had racing or anything that's really stuck out in your mind every time you think about it you have a bit of a giggle oh boy well oh there's been loads of things over the years but i think one of the most one of the most recent times uh, that was an absolute ball was last year where um i think there was about 10 of us we all headed out to france and stayed in a big chalet in morzine for um a good a good few weeks and um that was a party just riding bike park every day and then just <laughs> going out going out at nights and so you can imagine if there's <laughs> nine yeah. or ten of us it was just complete carnage some nights but wouldn't have changed it for anything it was a good time oh very good very good and i take it they were all close mates and stuff was it was any of your team members there or anything like that or um at the time yes there was actually one team member so it was always good just uh <laughs> Seeing mm-hmm. seeing your teammate outside of the racing as well, it's um it's a totally different ball game really. Yeah, brilliant. So what's next for you then, Callum? As far as your racing goes, what's your future plans? I think future plans. I'm starting to get motivated again, like you said, and 
I just want to get fit and strong um, and just get to where I was last year and I think I'll have a good good time next year um, hopefully race another season of Elite and uh, mm-hmm. from there see where we're going I'd like to race the World Cup so um, I think next year could be the year for that yeah very good and and tell us about your training you have set up a gym in your living room or something is that right yes so I've got a squat rack in the living room um, with a big Olympic bar and some weights and uh, yeah it's going to be seeing a lot of use this winter I hope brilliant and do you do do you use this is me just asking you personal advice when you're not out in the bike do you use one of the turbo trainers um i've had one for a while but i've never really gotten into it a whole lot um i like to just go out i feel like if you're if you're spinning your legs it may be good for recovery but for actual training i'm not so sure to be honest i think it's better just to get out on the real bike yeah and would you do would you do interval training or anything like that I've done a few things um, similar to that over the years and um, to do lactate build-up and active recovery and things. And I do think it helps, um, but it's it's a time of year you need to be doing it. It's sort of early before the race season, I'd say January, February time. So um, I think I will do mm-hmm. more of that and more circuit training uh, this year as well. Yeah, because it seems to be a big thing now, you know, that you train at your maximum level for a short period of time and you do that over a number of you know you maybe do that five or six times kind of thing and yeah i, I do believe in that definitely and i'll i'll do that with um sprints on the bike so mm-hmm. set up a sort of set distance 50 meters or so and just sprint that as hard as you can and i'll basically just rest until i feel like i can do it again to 100 percent and um like say five or five or six times and it's a good way, yeah. good way to do it for me it's a big issue anyway but then i'm not competing or anything at your level but come the winter now i've got you know i'm totally motivated to go out over the winter and be cold and all that but when it comes to the actual time it's maybe a different story and i find some excuse <laughs> to get out of it like how do you push yourself through the really harsh winters we get it is tough um but at the end of the day you just need to think about when you've you've got out your heading along the cycle path and you've gone up the first climb and you're sitting at the the uh, top of the first ascent and i feel like that's kind of a feeling that's all worth it it's just the excitement of you're about to about to ride this trail and it's some um, you're a bit wet and you're a bit cold but it's better than sitting inside to me totally um so tell us a wee bit about your sponsors then have they been helping you throughout your injury and your time out so yeah it's um because i haven't been racing it's been relatively quiet but um i know if i ever need anything um, they'll always be there to um, help help me out, and um, which is all I think is a huge part of racing. It's just having that kind of backup, if you will, and knowing that he's going to be there if you need help. Yeah, certainly. And um, when you go back next season, will you be able to just to step into that same team? Yeah, I think these the last few years I've been with the same sort of brand. So um, yeah, I know that they've got my back and basically. I'll be able to just um, do another season with them if I'd like. Right, well, well, that's very good. That's good to know that you can just do that, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it does feel good. It's been a, it's been a while I've been looking for it, but um, it, it is it is a good thing. I'm, I'm lucky enough to have it, so yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for it next year, see what we've got in store. Brilliant, and totally going off what we've been talking about, are you on 29 or are you on... 27 and a half inch tire yes. rims what i have a what are you riding bikes and i do have a 29er but i feel due to my um 
short legs. I can't turn it as well. So I'm just going to stick <laughs> okay. with the 27 and a half. And like I said, I think it's more of a mental thing at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Looking at all the results that have been put in on 29ers, all the results that have been put in on 27 and a half, I feel like you just need to be riding, um, riding to what you think is riding well, and that will get you the best results regardless. Yeah. yeah, oh, that's good. Because I know it's a massive issue at the minute, isn't it? It doesn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So you mentioned photography a wee bit earlier. So is that something that you're getting very interested in? Is it something you want to continue in the future? Yes, it definitely is. I've been I've been lucky enough to do a couple little jobs, shooting in nightclubs and uh, shooting with DJs and things. And I've really gotten into it, actually, since I've put the bike down for a while and... Uh, yeah, I want to just continue that over the next few years and see where it leads. Right, and will you be doing stuff at the mountain bike events, or are you just willing to do anything, really? At the moment, yeah, it's exactly that. I'm just wanting to do as much as I can and just uh, build up a good portfolio. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, a bit of everything at this stage, and it's all I'm always learning with that, so it's, um, it's perfect. Yeah, well, you might find when you start racing next season, instead of chilling for a few hours before your race, you may be out taking photos or something. I can definitely see that. Yeah, I've yeah, I think that'll that'll be it. But um, yeah, just can't get enough of the photos either at the moment. So um, it could be could be worse. Yeah, certainly. And how long have you been doing photography for? I've been um using I wouldn't say doing photography. I've been using my camera now since about January, uh, early February. So after I had my first injury, it was when I picked it up, and yeah, it's been mm-hmm. a few months now, and really got to terms with it, and uh, yeah, like I say, it's a lot of fun, keeps you busy. Wow, yeah, very good, and just let the audience know, because you're at a high level, you're at a high standard, you've got sponsorships and stuff, but you work very, very hard outside of your biking and your racing, don't you? You have a couple of jobs and stuff, can you just tell the audience a wee bit of you know what you what you do besides racing because you're very committed otherwise yeah so at the moment i'm uh, my main sort of job is a mechanic so i'm working with alpine bikes and i've been there for a couple years and i'm also waiting at a pub and i'm also doing the photography work um nightclubs done a few ends as well now and i'm just mm-hmm. trying to keep me busy i've been working absolutely non-stop and getting to the end of the month so it feels good yeah, brilliant. So there you go, folks. It's not as easy as getting a sponsorship deal and then just hanging your hat up, if you like, or your shoes up. you got to keep working, eh? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, that's really it. You're just going to work till you die now, right? It just depends how you want to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, at least you're, you're doing stuff you're you're probably interested in, which is the best way to go, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I don't think, I can't imagine me ever working in an office and just so far i've just tried to work and enjoy my work and i'm lucky enough that i really do love all the jobs that i'm doing and i think that is um due to a bit of variation as well it always keeps you keeps you on your toes keeps you learning yeah so. brilliant well you i'm sure you you're motivational to a lot of people listening and anybody that's wanting to get into the racing scene it's good actually to have you on Callum, because it's not all gold medals and happy endings every time there's always a wee bit of difficulties and ups and downs through it so it's real life you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's really good to chat to you about it thank you yes um it's been good over the years and like i said it's i've had some of the best highs from racing and some of the lowest lows 
over the years, but I feel like a lot of people, they're only going to see the end result. But that's just, that's the thing. If you just love something and you want to keep keep pushing and keep trying, I honestly think anything's possible. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant way to look at it. Very good. So how can people get in contact with you, Cam, if they're wanting to look at your photography or get in contact with you personally or follow you on Instagram or something like that? How can they, you know, keep up with you, what you're doing next season and things like that? Yeah, anyway, I've got, like I say, an Instagram account. I've got a photography Facebook page now as well. So um, my Instagram is just Callum underscore McGee, M-C-G-E-E. And my Facebook page is Callum McGee Photography, so just shoot me a message on there if you'd like and uh, get back get back to anyone, really. Brilliant, yeah, and I'll put all the links on the show notes and stuff for anybody that wants to check that out. That's cool. Well, Callum, thank you very, very much for chatting with me this evening, and I know you're super busy, so thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come on the uh, MTB Tribe podcast. It's been a pleasure having you on here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I mean... It's, it's been a joy and I hope somebody can find some inspiration in my words <laughs> oh I'm sure definitely well listen we'll keep in contact with you and we'll see how you go next season and hopefully if you're racing and everything's everything's good we can have another chat with you and get a wee update from you definitely uh, I, I would love that that would be that would be neat to see be awesome just to talk about your training over the winter and stuff as well it'd be really interesting So. Yeah, I appreciate it thank you all right, mate. Well, thanks again for chatting and uh, have a good evening. Have a good week. All right. Cheers now, you too. Wow. So there you have it. Thank you very much, Callum, for being today's guest on the MTB Tribe podcast. I really, really appreciate you coming on and I really enjoyed chatting with you. And hopefully down the line, as we say, we'll get a chat with you again and see how your your uh, season's going after your injuries and stuff. So that would be awesome. But thank you so much, folks, for being involved in the MTB Tribe podcast. I really appreciate it. And just one thing before you bike off, please go to iTunes or Stitcher um, or even the website at mtb-tribe.com. Subscribe there or go to iTunes, Stitcher, as I say, leave a review, rate the show. Um, it really, really helps and keeps me on air here. So thank you very much. And if there's anybody you would like to hear on the show or any questions you would maybe like asked, please go to the website, subscribe, jot them down there on your comment section and I will certainly get in contact with you and certainly see where we can fit them in. I want to get you guys involved in the podcast as much as I can, so that would be brilliant. I'd really appreciate that. So again, thank you very much for being here. I appreciate all your help, so thank you so much. But just one more thing before you bike off today. What's your favourite downhill course? Have a good day, folks.